following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. The lights came on a little bit too soon there. I was still trying to get my watch out of my pocket. Girl went with another girl to church one day and the pastor, when he got through reading his text, took a long time taking his watch off and putting it there on the, on the desk. And the little girl said, is that on purpose? She said, well, it's kind of like to him that he's going to watch the time, make sure he don't go too long. She said, does it work? She said, not at all. <laughs> it's good to see y'all. We still got graduations going on. Next Wednesday night, I'm excited. We're going to have a first summer, and we'll be doing communion next Wednesday night, first summer Wednesday night. What a joy that's going to be. Have you enjoyed the first warped five months of the year? The warped speed of these months? I can't believe it. I told the church Sunday I was still writing 18 on some checks. I'm still behind. I, I just, I can't believe that we're already at the end of May and that my birthday is getting a whole lot closer. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Would you stand up? You're incredible people and you're loved. Whether you like it or not, you're loved. I'm excited to see all of you. Good to have Pastor Phil and his wonderful wife, Annie, and Brady and, and Dean and Houston. Oh, he's got some kids' names, Houston. If you want to get on Philip's good side, talk to him about the Texans. Or first of all, talk to him about the Astros. He just loves the Astros. He is a UT fan. We love that. We wouldn't have hired him if it wouldn't have been that, you know. But, but it's a joy to have Phil and Annie with us. And they are fitting in so well. They just like a hand in a glove, you know. And so we're excited to have them with us. And we're thrilled to have you all tonight. Uh, I announced that I was going to start a new series. And we're going to do it for the next three weeks. This night, the next Wednesday night, and then the next Wednesday night, and then We'll go on into uh, Father's Day. But I want to talk about the Spirit of God. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And so I've decided to call this just two words, the ghost. The ghost. I had an old, I had an old boy up in Dallas that was not a believer. And a lot of his family was coming in receiving the Spirit of God in their life. And so I went to see him one day because they thought I could really make an impact on him. I was about 27, 28 years old, and he was a wise older man. And so I went in there, and I sat down. He said, what you got in your pockets? And I said, nothing. And I showed him I had nothing. He said, what you got under your coat? I said, nothing. He said, you ain't got no, none of that powder on you? I said, no, sir, I don't have no powder on me. He said, okay, I know you've come to talk to me about that ghost. That's what he called it, the ghost. I know you come to talk. He said, but I, don't, I, I get scared easy. So I don't want to talk about that ghost. And so that man taught me that day that we need to talk about this in manners and in ways that people will understand and not be afraid and fearful of the Spirit of God. Because Hollywood has made everything freaky and scary that is of God and of the devil. And they make you feel like that your skin is crawling. This is not a skin crawling session here tonight. This is a peaceful session. This is a glorious session. And we're going to enjoy talking about the Holy Spirit here tonight. Amen. We're going to enjoy talking about it. So 
I love you very much. I thank you for your prayers. God knows I need them and you need the practice. But I'm so happy that this church prays for this pastor. I'm so happy that I have people, men in this church that write me and tell me, get your rest, be encouraged, pastor. I love that. I really do love that. And many times it comes at the right time. No, I don't live a life of discouragement, but there's things that hit home and they hit the church. And as the leader of the church, you have to stand guard over the flock as the under shepherd. And I believe that God Almighty has given this church a strength, a strength in lay leadership in this church. And thank you for being that kind of church. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor tonight. <laughs> and you may be seated, you're awesome, awesome people. I see what time it is and I know what time I want to quit. Whether I do or not, that's up to me. Good to have my buddies over here from San Marcos. I love these guys. Years ago, a wealthy businessman from London chartered a bus to carry a busload of urban kids to the coast. And there the children spent a wonderful day at the ocean, and many of the children had never left the city and never had seen the ocean. But for one blissful day, they ran unfettered over the beaches, and it was a splendid day filled with vivid memories. And on the ride back to London, the businessman went through the bus speaking to each of the kids and toward the back of the bus he noticed this little boy sitting all alone with a wistful look on his face and the boy's grimy hands was a, was a bottle half filled with water from the ocean. And he pointed to the bottle and he asked, what are you doing with that? And the boy replied that he was taking it to his mother because she too had never seen the ocean. And the businessman was quiet for a moment. It kind of got him. Then he asked the boy why the bottle was only half full. And without hesitation, the boy replied, Sir, I left room for the tide to come in. What churches in America need is room in our hearts and rooms in our churches for the tide of the Spirit to come in. We need the tide. He descends like a dove. He baptizes with fire. He comforts, he guides, he corrects. He is the spirit of life, that sense of truth, the voice of God. And when you're all alone, lost and afraid, he'll carry you home. The spirit of God is mentioned over 800 times in scripture. It is mentioned in the second verse of the entire Bible. Genesis 1 and 2, the earth was formless. It was empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, say it with me, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. was hovering over the waters. The word spirit in the Old Testament translated is ruach, means a wind or a breath. But it's not a normal breath. It's a violent exhalation. It's a blast of breath. Like, the Holy Spirit comes with power. In the New Testament, spirit in the Greek is a word pneuma. It means a wind, a current of air, a blast of breath. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would descend upon people. Then it would leave often. It came on Saul, then it left. It came on David. And when he sinned against God with Bathsheba, he cried to God, please, please don't take your spirit from me. Same with Samson, it came and it left. But in the New Testament, once Jesus left, he sent us his Holy Spirit. 
and from those or for those who are believers in Christ, the Holy Spirit will never, ever leave us. It will never forsake us. Come on now, let's get excited about this Holy Spirit tonight. In Jesus' baptism, the people could see the Holy Spirit descended upon him like as a dove. And when the Spirit fell on the people of God at Pentecost, empowering them to speak in other languages and do all kinds of miraculous works. And in Corinthians, the Holy Spirit empowers people with spiritual gifts, nine of them, enabling us to live supernatural lives in this world. And the Spirit blesses people with the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. And yeah, guys, when you hit your thumb with a hammer, self-control. Too many people live in a spiritless live a spiritless life instead of a spirit-filled and spirit-powered life. And if you're watching online, I want you to turn the volume up right now. I'm fixing to talk to this whole room and all the people that are watching online tonight. We need to leave room for the tide of the spirit in our lives and in our churches. I love what Moses said. Moses told the Lord when he said, "I've got vineyards there for you. I've got houses. I've got, I've got, I've got things built for you there already. They're waiting on you. And I'm going to send an angel to go with you. And Moses said, I don't want vineyards. I don't want houses. I don't want wells. All I want is your presence. Because if I can have your presence, we can fix all that other stuff. But all that other stuff without your presence is nothing. So tonight, I speak on the ghost. The ghost. When I was a kid, I saw a lot of the ghost in action from underneath the front pew. Mom and daddy tucked me under there afraid I was going to get hit or stepped on by somebody. I saw a lot of people under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, I'll be honest, it kind of scared me. Our Heavenly Father, you know, makes sense. And we pray to him, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And Jesus makes sense. God in the flesh, begotten of the Father, Emmanuel. It means God with us. And I've seen pictures of Jesus and some are blonde, eye, blonde hair and blue eyed and I don't think they're the right ones. But I have Jesus pick in my office. I think it's, it's a good picture. Then there is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And it just seems really weird to some people. They can't understand him. They don't know how to frame him. In fact, many of you here tonight have heard about the Spirit-filled churches in your life and you thought the people must be a little weird. Maybe they stood a little crooked. And you, if you can, have, you can have an opinion, but they're like noses. We all have one. But I remember in my days, I could see people, and I've seen it in this church, when the, when the band gets to cranking, people jumping up and down with joy. They're leaping for joy. They're shouting unto the Lord. They're dancing, you know, music playing and people being prayed for, and some would fall out. That was long before Benny Hinn was invented. And healings and spirits being cast out. As a kid, I was taught to accept this by faith. And it became a part of my culture, became a part of my, part of my values. See, I was raised in a spirit-filled church. And some things I saw as a kid let me know, if this is the Holy Ghost, it seemed very, let's just say I saw some strange things in my life. I really have. A lot of people have possibly had similar experiences, which really has led, in my opinion, to a pendulum swing when it comes to the Holy Spirit. See, in all sorts of ministries, there would be some where the pendulum swing took what I would call an overemphasis. Everybody say overemphasis. 
And in other places, there would be, be a gross underemphasis of the Spirit. The overemphasized people many times did not have a lot of word because the letter they thought killed and the Spirit made alive, so they wanted to put the word away and just have Spirit. And everything was Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And if, if something odd happened, like maybe a Bible would just fall off of a ledge, they might say, I bind you, demon of Bible, falling off that ledge. They would do that. Holy Ghost, get those demons out of here. Everything was about the Holy Ghost. I'm not making fun tonight. I'm just preaching. Stay with me. But what is probably far more common is an underemphasis of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one that we don't talk about, kind of like weird cousin Eddie. Nobody wants to bring him up at family meals. It's like I know that there is a Holy Spirit, but when you think about the Holy Spirit, it's usually for those weird people over there, and they're not us, and I don't want to be them. So there's a cross of overemphasis and other underemphasis. Can I get an amen? amen? And I hope I can build a foundation of understanding these next few weeks. We must grow in understanding. We must grow. Jesus is going away in John chapter 14, verse 16. He said, I will ask the Father. And he will give you another counselor to be with you, not for a little while. And here's what I love. He will be with you forever. Uh, 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 uh. He'll be with you forever. Verse 16, he said, even the spirit of truth, that's personal to me. The world cannot accept him, the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you. And I love this promise. And he will be in you. He will be in you. The counselor, folks, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, you know him. He'll be in you. He'll be with you. Now, let me stop right now. I'm going to have a lot of stuff on the screen. So if you got your camera, you want to shoot a shot, that's fine. Just don't hit me with it, okay? Don't hit me with it. I'm not up here for photos. I'm preaching the gospel. That's the gospel I'm putting out for you today, all right? This is not show and tell time for pastor. This, let's learn something here tonight about the Holy Ghost, all right? Let's learn something. The Spirit, folks, is not an it. It's leading me to do something. When Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, he refers to the Holy Spirit as him. It is literally God in spirit form. Hallelujah. You might should understand there's a Holy Spirit that is alive today. That's the spirit of regeneration. And it'll turn people's life around. You can quench it. You can blaspheme the, the Holy Spirit, and it's the unpardonable sin. You know why blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the unpardonable sin? Because the Father has created it all. Jesus died for it all. The Holy Spirit's the last train out. And if you talk against and blaspheme the Holy Ghost, there's nothing else coming. Why don't, if you don't even believe in it, why don't you listen to a pastor tonight talk to you about this thing called the Holy Spirit a little while? Let's talk about the ghost. Let's get on board this thing and see what God has for us. Jesus is saying, I'm going away and I'm going to send the Spirit to be with and within you. He calls him a counselor, which comes from the Greek word parakletos, parakletos, parakletos. Or the root word is paraclete, parakletos or paraclete. Two words, para, which means alongside of, and kletos comes from the Greek word kaleo, which means called. Very literally, a paraclete, the Holy Spirit is one who is called alongside. I told, I told Brother Philip tonight, I said, you know, I'm preaching on a scary subject tonight. Because when you go to talking about this Holy Ghost, he gets excited. 
I don't, he gets excited. The Holy Ghost gets excited. And he'll come alongside me in here a little bit and I'm liable to kick up a little bit here tonight and cause a little windstorm because I'm feeling the presence of God in this house right now. Who is the the paracletos? Who is the paracletos? Who is it? Literally, this word can be translated as intercessor. Intercessor. Now, there's three ways that faith is built. Faith comes by hearing. Say hearing. Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith, building up your most precious faith. Praying in the what? The Holy Spirit. This is our intercessor. The Holy Spirit's our intercessor. And faith is built the third way because when it's tried and it comes true, our faith rises to another level. So I want to talk about the middle. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. He's the one who intercedes or prays for you. The Holy Spirit is your advocate before Almighty God. He's your comforter, your helper, the parakletos, your friend. So when I think about a choice between Jesus in the flesh or the Holy Spirit, my first thought is I'm going to take Jesus with me. This is awesome. Now imagine Jesus walking along with Rex on the beach. Physical form of the earth today, pretty cool. Think about it. You get a headache and you say, hey, Jesus, I got a headache. Jesus says, poof, it's gone. That's pretty cool. And then your dog gets run over by a car that's running on the beach that shouldn't be there and gets killed. And you say like Jesus, Fido's dead. Jesus says, Fido live. And Fido jumps up and barks and runs off. Now that's awesome. Then a car runs over your cat. And Jesus on that spot could do a funeral right now. Bury the cat. Just joking, just joking, I'm sorry. But let's say all you have is a bag full of Cheetos and a half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you have all these people you have to feed. They're coming over for dinner. And Jesus looks at them and he says, be blessed. And you got Cheetos for everybody. And you got peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for everybody. Jesus in the flesh is great. Wouldn't you agree? But there's something better than that. It's an amazing promise that he says in this, it this way, 16 and 7. It's actually best for you that I go away because if I don't, the counselor won't come. And if I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. Paracletos, the helper, the intercessor, the counselor, the advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, God's presence is Amazing. Come on now. God's presence is amazing. Folks, I'm telling you, he wants to walk with us. He wants to walk in us. He is everything we need in our life. Why don't we get plugged in in this last day and say, Lord, we're gonna, we're gonna save some room for the tide and every service because we want your spirit to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. His presence is so awesome. What does the Holy Spirit do? He operates gifts, fruit of the Spirit. But when you look today at Christians around the world, what you often see is believers in Jesus, but people who look and act no different from the rest of the world. They're still bound in prison and the sins as other people. And you see Christians whose prayer lives are basically flat. And you see people who are afraid and struggling and gripped by fear and worried and anxious. See, we believe in Jesus, yet our lives have no real power. Why is that? 
Because so many people today are living what I call a spiritless life. They're not living a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, spirit-led, spirit-equipped life of victory. And there's two reasons I believe that's the problem. You might want to take these down. Number one, some people aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. They're not. They think they just do it on their own. Many of you say, I've heard of the Holy Spirit, but I don't really know what what it does. Let me read you a text in Acts chapter 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. These were believers in Jesus. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Obviously, these people were not at Pentecost on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came. But they were baptized by John the Baptist, if you read on. And when he asked them, they replied, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, stay with me. We heard about Jesus. We heard about John Baptist. But who is this Holy Spirit? Many people go to churches on Sunday or in that same position. You've heard about him, but that is about it. There's a whole other world of power. A whole other world of blessing. A whole other world of believing and faith through the Holy Spirit. It's a little bit about like my traveling. I had traveled for years. In my life, I did a lot of traveling when I worked at a headquarters facility and was international youth president for an organization that I'm no longer a part of. But I had never purchased a first-class ticket. It just wasn't my style. Then one day, someone told me that because I had so many points with a certain airline, I could bump up to first class, and I, I thought that's pretty cool. I had sat on planes of all kinds, meeting all kinds of people. But one day, I sat between two men who weighed around 750 pounds between them. And you think I'm storying, I will meet God with that and I will go to heaven on that story. I had the middle seat for a two-hour flight between Dallas and Phoenix. But I got my peanuts. I just couldn't get them to my mouth. Somebody just snorted. They thought that was funny. I got to be honest with you. Although I learned this later in life, there's two types of people. There was me, the common type, that always got on those big planes and turned right. You go to the back of the plane where the cheap seats are. Then there are those people who for years have been turning left. And there's this little curtain, a little drape that they pull. And I remember as a young man wondering if what was on the other side of that curtain. But as they turned left, they would go into that upper class area and then they would pull that curtain to keep the common folks. For years, I sat in the cheap seats, back there like this. (laughs) Sir, you're all right? Yeah, I've just been been sick for a long time. (laughs) There was someone right in front of me, one on either side for hours. When you get that C boarding pass, you're in trouble. C means sinner. But Patty and I (laughs) were invited to a conference in Manila in 1985, and my world changed. My world changed. Our way was paid. It was paid in full. So I used my points with a certain airline to upgrade us to the other side of the drapes. (laughs) And because someone else paid, listen to me, so someone else paid the fare, I got to go to the other side of the curtain. 
Jesus has paid the fare. Somebody needs to get out of the back of the, the airplane and walk through the curtain because the veil has been written twain. Come on, somebody, help me preach right now. He's paid the fare. It's not the will of God for you to walk through a powerful, a powerless life and a life without any hope and without any joy. It's time to step out from where you are and walk to the other side of the drape and say, I, I belong up here with people that are walking in the spirit and are spirit filled in their life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so I got to go to the other side of the curtain. I want to tell you something, folks. It's not bad up there. Back there where I used to be, they're not as nice to you as they are up there. They're not. Up there they call you sir. Back there they say, please sit down. <laughs> up there, honest to goodness, some of you, you've never done this, they have seats that turn into beds. They lay out, you can stretch out. And they bring you your tea, your Coke in a glass, a real glass. <laughs> a real glass. And they keep it full. You can have anything you want. They bring it to you. In the cheap seats, they give you pretzels in a little bag and you have nothing to wash them down with and you're dry. <laughs> but up in that class, they give you plenty of liquid to, to quench your thirst. Oh, I'm preaching now. Are you following my similes and my metaphors here tonight? And they give you warm pretzels. Warm cashews, warm almonds, warm pistachios, warm pecans. My whole life, I've never wanted warm pretzels. I've never wanted warm pistachios or warm pecans or cashews. Never thought about it, I promise you. I never thought about microwaving that sort of food. Never did. I feel like I'm in an awkward moment right now. <laughs> Whoever thought of that is a genius. They give you warm washcloths too so you can towel off your forehead and wipe your eyes and get your hands all clean. On the other side of the drapes, on one overseas flight one night, I got little booties for my feet. He's not even gonna let stickers get in your feet when you're walking on the other side. Honest to goodness, booties so that I could be comfortable while I was lying down in that bed. You get off and they got these little lounges that I never thought they had. And I walked right by these lounges for, for years and never knew they existed. I never knew. And they give you these free 10-minute shoulder massages in some of them. And I, I got one one time and I thought, I want another. So I went to another person down here like I hadn't got one over here and I got me another one. And, they, and on the other side of the curtain, there's a life I never knew anything about. But because someone paid a fare. my head. I don't belong on that side. I belong on this side. And I promise you, it's got in my head one day. I don't belong struggling through life. I don't belong just barely making it. I belong living on the hallelujah side of life. I have a victory in my soul. Woo! There is a spiritual power, believers, from God in heaven that is greater than you could ever imagine. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is available to every believer. He will fill you. He'll direct you. He'll comfort you. He'll guide you. He'll counsel you. He'll convict you. He'll empower you. It's available. So many people are unaware of the power and the presence of God.
But some people are simply resisting the Holy Spirit. That's the second kind. There's a lot in this group that resist it. The Holy Spirit has prompted you if you're a believer, led you to do something, and you have said, oh, I don't want to do that. Some people are about to do something that's not right, and the Holy Spirit conviction said, don't do that. That's the wrong thing. And you say, I want to do that, so you push the Spirit away. Sometimes the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something good, give something to bless someone else, and you push that away and say, I don't want to do that. See, resisting the Holy Spirit for so long will harden your heart, and it'll grieve the Spirit of God. Stephen being stoned in Acts chapter 7 spoke to the Sanhedrin. He said, you stiff-necked people, you're just as your fathers. You always resist the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not asking for a big brouhaha here tonight, but I wish I could get something in your spirit before you go home tonight. That when you started to lay down tonight, you might lay on your back and just raise your hands and say, Lord, would you sneak some of that on me right now? Can I have some of that Holy Spirit in my life right now? Can I have that? I would never, I would never, I would never try to embarrass you about this, but I believe with all my heart that when you ask for it, you will receive it. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Some may say, well, I'm not sure the Holy Spirit really prompts me or moves me or speaks to me. It could be that you have resisted the Holy Spirit so often that your hearts have become hardened. I have learned through failures it's not good to resist the Holy Spirit. A long time ago when I was passionate in Dallas, and I'm not far from finishing, let me me hurry. I was passionate in Dallas. There was a man named T. Cullen Davis who, uh, who the Lord put in my life. My dad worked for him. He had a sweet little spirit filled maid in his house. And T. Cullen Davis was in trouble because he was accused of murdering some people. And I got up one morning and I I got in the shower. I was just a young preacher, young preacher kid. And I got in the shower and the spirit spoke to me expressly and said, he's waiting on you to come lead him to Christ. And I lived in a 1,200 square foot home and didn't even have a garage. Just bringing in a church and I said, what can I give him? And God said, what I've given you. And I, and, I, and, I, and I prayed my way out of that conviction that morning. And so the next morning I get back in the shower again. I guess you know I take showers in the morning. And while I was cleaning myself again and washing what hair I had, (laughs) the Lord convicted me again and said, go, I have opened a door and effectual for you. Go. And I resisted it again. And two days later, God didn't speak to me about it anymore. And I was so happy. He had left me alone. But two days later, I read in the paper that T. Cullen Davis had found Jesus in his living room. There was another young preacher named James Robinson, who was not but a few years older than me, that had gone to his house. God gave me first ops. And then he called him, and he was brave enough to go and led him to the Lord. You know what? I will tell you this. If God ever speaks to me again, 
I'll go to the governor's mansion and I'll lead somebody to Jesus Christ because there's nothing higher in my world, nothing greater in my life than to bring people to Jesus Christ. Nothing greater in my life. Come on. Come on, clap your hands. Pastor, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit prompting you or your own thoughts? Well, because we're all selfish. If there's something benefiting me, it's probably my own thoughts. If there's something that benefits others, it's probably bring glory to God. I, I make an assumption it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if I've been convicted not to do something that I really know is wrong, I assume that's the Holy Spirit. If I'm feeling led to do something that's going to be a blessing to others, I assume that's the Holy Spirit. If it's not, and I do something good, then the worst thing that's happened is I did something good and somebody got blessed. If somebody else is blessed, I can assume the Holy Spirit is ministering in me. Randy, if you'll come. Five days before the death of my only brother, I picked up the phone in the morning on Redmond and I called him. I just had a sense that Eddie was in trouble. And I was calling him to let him know that I was praying for him and that his little brother in Austin loved him. And the hardest thing to do is call a brother that does not honor the same God that you honor. But I was compelled to call. So I did. And it was that morning that he told me only five days before his death he had suicidal thoughts. And I prayed with him and he felt better. And I told him I'd call him again in a few days to check on his mental progress. That, my friends, is the power of the Holy Spirit. God did that. God was trying to reach out to my only brother. And that's not something that I can manufacture. It's not something that is human. That's the Spirit of God. Many people feel the Holy Spirit telling us no and we say, oh, I want to do that. The Holy Spirit prompts you to do something. I don't want to do that. And you resist. You can actually grieve the Spirit. And your heart can become hardened. When Patty married me, <laughs> she's not here so I'm going to talk about her. <laughs> when Patty married me, she was one more gorgeous hunk of a woman. She still is. Boy, Wow. And it had been a year since I had lost my wife and my boy. And Patty is a nurturer. She nurtures. Uh, she's a healer. She really is. Not a, not a blue healer. <laughs> she's a healer. And when, she, when we first got married, you're going to love this. When we first got married, Patty is a hugger. And a petter. Excuse me for saying it, but she likes to kiss a lot too. I'm not being carnal. I, I, there's a point here. She liked this hunk. 
Listen, listen, hold on, hold on. She knew how bad I needed affection. She knew. I had not dated anyone. She was the girl that God put in my life. And I, I was hurting so bad when she came and we got married and she just loved on me. And there were times when I, I would feel guilty because I didn't feel like I was worthy of that. Are you reading me? Some of you feel that way with God. But she just kept on loving me. She's watching tonight and she said, she's throwing stuff at the TV right now. But it's true and she knows it. She's a cuddler. Okay. But imagine, if you would, that she's doing that to me and I always resisted her. Do you think it would drive her away? I'll tell you what it did to me. Now, every time I come home, and I, I find her first. And I just hug the fire out of her. I squeeze her. I kiss the top of her head. Because see, when I needed her the most, she was that affection to me. And that's why I honor her with my love. Not worship, but I honor her with my love. I remember the day that I needed the Holy Spirit in my life. And something just came and wrapped me up and just hugged me. Made me feel so complete, so full, so hopeful. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go. And I'm here today because I didn't resist the Holy Spirit. And so because of what the Holy Spirit's done for me, Every time I walk in these doors, every time I rise up in the morning, my hands go up in the air and I praise the name of the Lord because I've got to pay back what was given to me. And that makes me walk through this life with a full spirit-filled feeling. Folks, there's nothing like walking with spirit. He's hugged you. He's embraced you. He's loved you. and He'll carry you home. I close tonight. There's three things the Spirit will minister with you with. Number one, the Holy Ghost will comfort you. Everybody say comfort. There are some people here tonight that need the comfort of God in your life. You need it. You need the comfort of God. I will pray to the Father. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Some of you are hurting. Some of you have walked in this church tonight. You're hurting. Maybe the marriage has gone south. I've seen people go through some inexpressible things in my 29 years here. Yet they were not shaken at all because they felt the comfort of God. One couple told me one time, basically, pastor said, we put scripture all over our house and listened to worship music every day until the breakthrough came. And it was an other world peace. It's comfort. The second thing the Holy Spirit does is counsels you. Holy Spirit will counsel you. Everybody say counsel. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you to all truth. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you discernment. He'll tell you no, yes. 
I've done radio interviews through the years, one day for three hours here in Austin. We put on headphones and the producer tells you it's 30 seconds before the break or 30 seconds before the show starts back up. And when you come back on, he gives you a countdown. Same way when I've been on TV, the producer walks in front, counts down the seconds till the broadcast is live again. 30 seconds before we're live. Okay, okay, y'all ready? Look up. Come on, sit straight. Smile. Let's go. Five, four, three. The whole time his voice is leading me through the process. So similar to the way God can work in our lives through his constant presence. The Spirit of God is a counselor. I love the picture in Isaiah chapter 30. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear the voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. And the third thing the Spirit will do, and I close, would you stand? You're awesome people. Thank you for loving me enough to let me preach a little while tonight. Everybody say the Holy Spirit will convict you. God, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Oh, we love the counselor. We love the comfort. We need to be convicted. There's sometimes that you just need to understand. You need to understand that you don't need somebody telling you something. You need to listen to that inner voice that says, no, no, no. Pastor, what does God most use to draw you toward him? And I say this, a man cannot be drawn to God unless the spirit draws him. You've got to be drawn by the spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. There are those of you here tonight, you're under that conviction, you're being drawn to God and you don't know why. It's because the Spirit is here and you don't have a choice because you don't get a vote. (laughs) You can surrender to Him or you can fight Him off, but let me warn you, don't fight Him for long. The hardened heart is not something to carry around. Jesus came to die. The Holy Spirit came to comfort, counsel, and convict. Everybody say, we need to leave room for the tide in our hearts, in our church. Bow your heads. Dear Father, in the name that's above every name, the name Jesus, we pray right now and we thank you for these wonderful people. Thank you for letting me teach this lesson on the Holy Spirit tonight. I love you. God, we're going to branch out in this. We're going to open up our hearts to this. And next week, we're going to have lesson number two on the Holy Spirit. We believe with all of our heart that you're going to do a work in this church and a work in our lives. Convict us, God. Counsel us, God. Comfort us, God. Be to us what only you can be to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for coming into my heart and my life. Thank you because Jesus paid the price. I can move up front. I can go to the other side of the drapes. I can walk in victory. I thank you for that. Now bless us as we go to our respective places and bless us to bring back here Sunday morning to hear the third session of Sand and Stars. God, what a joy it is to preach to people that are hungry for the word of the Lord. Would you mind doing me a favor and throw your hands up in the air?